0: Before we get started with the show today, I have a listener to thank for a donation. Julie Snydle donated $25 to us via PayPal. Thank you so much, Julie, for your donation. If you would like your own shout out on the Messy Studio Podcast, just go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the yellow donate button in the upper right hand corner. There you can set up a single time donation or a recurring monthly donation for literally any amount. So that's www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the donate button. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today we are talking about beauty. We often say that's beautiful in response to a work of art, but the word beautiful can have many meanings. Most of us recognize it as a heartfelt compliment when it is said about our own work, but we may wonder what specifically prompted the viewer to use that word. And while we may strive for beauty in our work, we may not have thought much about what that means. Today we look at what deeper ideas or responses the word beauty and beautiful can hold. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll.
1: Hello, everyone. I've been thinking about this for a while because um, it, it is, along with interesting, it's one of the most common things people say about a work of art. It's beautiful or, you know, uh, it's interesting. One of the two <laughs> or both.
0: Interesting may not be positive, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: Interesting may be the default when you're not sure what to say. But beautiful um, really tends to have a pretty strong impact. Um, uh, it's, it's kind of a loaded term in a good way because you're not really sure um, what the person is actually saying or responding to in a specific way. It's usually kind of ambiguous unless they go on to clarify um, what what they're finding beautiful. And, of course, you know, the old cliche, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It is subjective. And so all these things kind of leave you um, uh, wondering and trying to interpret <laughs> what is really a very nice thing to say about your work and so uh, that's why i thought it'd be interesting to i don't know just examine some of the aspects of beauty and because a lot of us want that in our own work and yeah specifically what that is um can we define it a little better for ourselves and um i think it's something that we tend to recognize it's there but it can be hit and miss. I mean, we one painting we can find beautiful and the next one it's like, oh no, this really doesn't make it. And so what are those aspects of it that maybe we can focus on a little bit more? Um, and some artists I don't think really like the word. I mean, they may be going for something in their work that's more edgy or disturbing or some sort of strong message. But right at the beginning, I want to say there's a difference between It's beautiful or it's pretty, and I think pretty may be the word that more people don't necessarily want to hear. So, um, turning to the dictionary, as I kind of like to do, um, I found the definition of beauty as the quality present in a thing or person that gives intense pleasure or deep satisfaction to the mind, rising from sensory manifestations like shape, color, sound, etc., or a meaningful design or pattern. It can also be applied to something in which high spiritual qualities are manifest. But the emphasis in this definition really is on meaning, it's on thought, it's on, you know, it's, it's more than just the eye. Um, whereas pretty uh, was defined as pleasing or attractive to the eye, when used about art, it can imply decorative um, ins- I guess this was not the definition. This was my own interpretation. When used about art, it can it kind of imply decorative, insubstantial, superficial, uh, stereotypical. Like if somebody said it was a pretty landscape. Um,
0: what they might be saying is that would look really good on my bathroom wall.
1: <laughs> something. I mean, there's nice colors, uh, nice view, maybe kind of a light mood. um subject matter of things that are considered pleasing like flowers or birds uh might seem a little sentimental um it's all emotion kind of uh tugging at your heartstrings or your eye response visual response but there isn't much for the mind um and i will say not it's fine you know that is not always necessary that the work is deep and meaningful but to me, beautiful is such a more powerful word because it does encompass this aspect of of thought, of spirituality, of something deeper. Um, so it, it's a very emphatic word. <laughs> um, and it, it does mention pleasure in the definition, but there's a satisfaction that's a deeper kind. Um, and I think when something is beautiful, it not only engages the eye in, in terms of work of art, but also something more. Um, beautiful is also used as an expression of excellence. You say, that's a that's a beautiful idea, or that's, you know, it was a beautiful conversation. And so I think whenever something, if the aspect of beauty that includes excellence, I think that's something we'd all like to hear about our work. So to me, it's hard to see beautiful as anything but a compliment. Um, and i i think that truth and beauty are strongly connected and this goes back to a topic we talked about recently about authenticity um so this getting to the truth of something getting to the depth of something uh leads to beauty
0: well and i think that beauty is a quality that we that we always want in our lives in and- in our environments, um, you know, in, in our surroundings, uh, it's, I mean, for something to be beautiful, um, is it's comfort and it's, um, I I think that in a lot of ways, what we strive for as artists is making the world a more beautiful place. Mm -hmm. Um, so when somebody calls our artwork beautiful, um, I, I think that it it it's a it's a compliment that means that it's um, this piece of art makes my life better.
1: <laughs> yeah, it contributes something meaningful, and even if it's only momentary, you know, as you're scrolling through Instagram or whatever, but you're captured for that moment and somehow moved. I think there's this moving aspect to it. Um, you you see into the artist's world in that in that moment and you see who they are a little bit. Um, There's a sincerity to it. I think that comes through. Um, And You know, beauty does have this other aspect that, you know, I kind of touched on a little bit there. It doesn't have to be necessarily concerned with things that are pretty or things that are always pleasing. It can have this, um, it can have a lot of other dimensions to it. Like it can be, uh, very about wildness or it can be about sadness or things that are unsettling. Um, there's a line from a, a poem by Ed, Edna St. Vincent Millay, Savage Beauty, which has been used in other ways, uh, something about this kind of wild, intense uh, aspect of beauty, which we can kind of, you know, sense in certain landscapes and personalities. Um, it's an intensity uh you know it can be kind of dark and moody as well as transcendent you know it's <laughs> uh but it's memorable
0: we talk and we talk about stories a lot on the podcast actually and many times tragedies are described as beautiful
1: yeah because we recognize it as part of the human condition and um that you know we if if you can accept that human beings experience difficult things that's a beautiful part of our growth, our development, um, and who we are as people. Many people come out of difficult experiences, uh, having grown in some way. And, you know, that's, that's an aspect of beauty to me. Um, and I think that the actual subject matter of a piece, if it has discernible subject matter, um, can include difficult things It can include, you know, social or political criticism, um, it just kind of accepts this range of human experience including things like death and war and poverty and they're not beautiful things in themselves but um the artist can you know be expressing compassion and humanity and understanding and um and that's all part of the picture and i i mean to me the best example of this is picasso's painting guernica which depicts the horrors of war considered the most powerful anti-war painting in history um so that power that powerfulness is beautiful um he painted it after the nazis bombed this basque city in um in spain on franco's orders and so it's it's a it's a difficult painting um y- you can stand in front of this painting and i have seen it for a long time and you're just transfixed by all the details and um, looking at what it expresses and looking at how it's constructed and the symbolism and the theme of it um
0: well, and it's very complex that particular painting
1: it really is, and truthfully, some people might not consider it beautiful um you know you could ask yourself if it is it beautiful um but to me that that level of satisfaction that was part of beauty is there it's like because of its complexity and because it's emotionally moving um, there is an aspect of intellectual engagement with it, which um, to me makes me think that a bit of restraint can be an aspect of beauty. I mean uh, Picasso isn't showing us like dripping blood or anything. It's actually, it's a black and white painting. So there's a restraint in the use of color. Um, He's, Kind of carefully chosen symbols to get his point across, um, and so while it's it's very full of um, a lot of detail and and certainly some disturbing images, there's also this kind of um, uh, emotional remove. I think because of you're also appreciating how it's put together. Um, so I think it's interesting that. This emotional aspect of beauty can be evoked by restraint and simplicity. And you see this in a lot of art forms. Um, music, you know, you can have just a simple melody. Um, um, you could have a, a, in theater, you could have just a, a one act play with very few props that could be very moving. Um, simple architecture, like minimalist architecture, very strong, powerful. So, uh, the Vietnam Memorial is another one I think of, you know, how simple that, uh, construction is and yet very moving with all the names engraved in it. Um, so it's an aspect of beauty that, uh, is this kind of restrained simplicity that can be wonderful. Um, not ruling out that beauty can also be found in ornate work and chaotic work. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> right. So much of it is cultural as well in terms of what we find beautiful and whether we're more drawn to um, things that are complex or things that are simple. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of, uh, I mean, I think of like haikus um, and I think of Japanese pottery mm-hmm. um, and and a, a focus on, um, you know, perfection in its most distilled form. Um, And just the uh, there's there's a lot of things that are they're like that in um, in Japanese culture that I know about. Um, But there's also uh, incredibly ornate and complex things as well within that same culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to try to sort of say, well, what what does make it beautiful? What is it? Um...
0: Sushi is another one. Sushi can be just a simple piece of fish and some rice. You know, yes, but, true. But it, but it, it's the way in which it's presented can be incredibly ornate.
1: Yeah, I think there's just so much. Um, there is a lot of subjectivity. There's a lot of personal preference. You know, a, a painter that comes to mind that a lot of people love, um, Monet, right? And you know, I like Monet, but I don't love Monet. And to How me, dare there's. You. No, I'm saying it right here on this podcast. I, Hot I think, take of the day. <laughs> to me, it's a bit pretty. It's more in the pretty realm than the beautiful realm because to me, his work, very often, um, it, there's something a, a bit sweet about it. It's, it's sort of too soft, too, sort of cloying to me. <laughs> I liked it when I was younger more than I do now. Um, and it doesn't really speak to my mind very much and to my intellect and so you know but but you would ask many people would absolutely say monet is one of the most beautiful painters so that's why this is a difficult topic to take on because it is very subjective um and i think as artists we we confront this Again, getting back to our own truth, our own sense of what is beautiful, our own authenticity, what is that for you you know as an artist is it Is it this more somber side of things? Is it the more intellectual side of things, or is it um you know brightness and lightness that is beautiful to you um and and all of these things can be developed in ways that are that are strong and interesting um
0: Hey guys, I want to take just a quick moment to talk to you about Multimedia Artboard. Are you tired of wrestling with painting surfaces that buckle and curl? Multimedia Artboard products are your simple, effective solution. Multimedia Artboard products are dimensionally stable and archival. They work for many different media, including cold wax, pastel, oil, and acrylic. They also offer the lightest plein air panels in the world. Look, they're friends of the show, and we actually use and like their products. Right now, they have a 4th of July sale coming up that runs Thursday, July 2nd through Monday the 6th, and you'll get 30% off at checkout using promo code MESSY. So go to www.multimediaartboard.com, and remember to use the promo code MESSY, that's M-E-S-S-Y, at checkout for 30% off. Back to the show. Yeah, I think that one of my favorite most beautiful painters is probably Van Gogh. And much of his work is very raw and mm-hmm. s- disturbing even and um but the the way that he uses color and um the the way the way that his his paintings show his view of the world is uh I think incredibly beautiful.
1: And intense. You know, yes, it's
0: like in- incredibly intense.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I you know I I've seen his work in person up close, and it is astonishing and and moving. So it has that it has that um, visual aspect that's incredible, but the intensity is also uh, it, it has a different effect than if it were just simply pretty. Um,
0: Right, and I would not describe his work as pretty. No,
1: <laughs> I mean, okay, the occasional vase of sunflowers, you know, but um, but the self portraits and things. Oh wow, you know, they are they are intense. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, in particular the self portraits. Uh, I mean, a lot of people think of Starry Night as being maybe his um most recognized work. Um, and it does it does have certainly um quite a bit of intensity to it. Um but I I, I don't think it's his most beautiful work. I think it, it Starry Night I think is almost one of his more pretty works. <laughs> you know? And but his self-portraits are are incredibly moving and intense.
1: And to me you often find um popular appeal going to things that are less intense, less less exploring that side of beauty that's more difficult. Um, And so as artists, I think when people respond strongly to one of our pieces that we, we need to ask and be honest, um, are we, are we providing eye candy? You know, are we, are we just being appealing on that slightly more superficial level um, and not digging in not going a little deeper to something that's more challenging it is a choice it's it's a choice of the artist and i i i always kind of hesitate to put value judgments on these things my own opinion is i prefer work that has an edge to it that has some intensity or depth or something that um goes beyond just visually pleasing um and and i think this is something we need to confront in our work as artists because it's that it's that people pleasing thing you know we, a lot of us know that we can do things that will please people and we know how to do it and we've seen it you know and and it can be tempting to just stay in that zone all the time and not explore this maybe more moving or or deeper side of beauty um, sometimes we think that beauty is highly refined, you know, like very delicate or very carefully done. But, you know, this can this can get in the way. Your work can lose that energy, that uh, little bit of rawness. Um, and so if your work kind of tends that way, and I speak from experience here because... I have that tendency myself to overly refine, to overly tweak, to make everything just right. And and yet when I let something be a little bit raw, a little bit unexpected, I can see the difference, you know, that it makes. Um, and I, I personally keep trying to push that. It's very difficult uh, if you have that aesthetic where things are going to be quite carefully done um, to push it. But then you see the result. And you see that there's something more there, um, so, um, you know, I, I often also talk about contrast and this is, again, people may avoid contrast because it does become a little edgy at times. It's, it's kind of, um, pushing, uh, a little bit of discomfort into the work and yet it seems also really important, um, to provide that, that counterbalance, um, I mean, let's say that you find geometry very beautiful. You're a g- geometric abstract artist. Um, but geometry alone can be quite stark, can be quite sterile. And so is there something you can bring to that that provides a little subtle variation, some bright color, or something to keep it from being, it's going too far in that direction that you consider beautiful, if that makes sense, Um it is a comfort zone really to say i'm not going to shake this up um and yet i think that the viewer likes that little bit of shake up uh, pre- prettiness can be very seductive really as for you as the artist you know kind of know what colors are going to be really pleasing or you know how to make it something very harmonious and um so it can you know you can fall into certain formulaic ways of working that produce that, and yet um, some little bit of imperfection, some uh, something to acknowledge that as a human being you're not perfect, you're not totally refined, <laughs> none of us are. Um, so that idea of refinement as beauty is... Something to to think about in your own work if you have that. Um, On the other hand, if you're all about being very spontaneous, very gestural, very wild um, in your work, that can also be just a visual, I don't know, I, I keep using the word eye candy, not a great term, but somebody can just get caught up in looking at all the gestures and colors and things and not... Really feel anything deeper, or experience any, anything deeper when they look at it. So, it's always kind of this balance, I think, to to bring that other side to to make something truly beautiful.
0: Well, I, there's an aspect to this that is. Um, it has to do with, with skill and technique. Um, Mm -hmm. and really if something is, is pretty, I think what that represents is that there's a, a pleasing composition and it's it's certainly something that's a positive thing to have in your work is a pleasing composition, something that works, whether that's achieved through meticulous detail or something that's gestural and simple, um, but what we're really looking for, if we want to create beautiful work, uh, if that is our goal, is to have a sense of of power mm. within the work, and and for the work to make an impact on the viewer, um, yeah. so that when they when they look at this piece of work, they have an immediate emotional response.
1: Yes, and that that's challenging.
0: Yeah, that's not something that can that just comes from a a well done composition.
1: Right, it challenges you as an artist and it challenges the viewer as well and and there's a lot of people who gravitate towards these easier works because they can say, "Oh, I get it, you know, it's a nice landscape or something." Uh and and it's an easy appreciation. Um whereas something like a Van Gogh landscape is challenging. I mean, it's just it puts you on edge a bit. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, to me, it just it really does get down a lot to what your what your goals and intentions are as an artist, as well. And if if you truly prefer to just provide this pleasing aspect in your work, and that's really you, then it's fine. You know, that's what you want. Um, but I think what interests me is speaking to work that's. That's harder. That's ch- more challenging uh, to both create and to appreciate, and and to try to understand what what it is about your own work that has that power. You know, what is it that people sit up and pay attention to, and and are moved by? Um, and they're going to do more than just say, "Yeah, nice painting." They're going to say, "Wow, you know, that's that's really beautiful." And I think when people say that to you and we kind of mentioned this at the beginning it could be very ambiguous um if you if you have the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody to say what affected you what what made you say what made you use that word um it may be hard for the person to express um and and it also is probably very subjective um but sometimes you could get some good insight that way and if you were to gain that insight from various people and you had a number of people say, well I find your um, your use of color very strong or you know your composition is so complex it draws me in I mean um, if you hear that more than once especially is interesting I think to to realize what you're communicating and what it draws that comment from people?
0: And I think that it's going to be a lot more rewarding for for you as an artist to be able to have that that kind of impact on other people. Uh, the if your work is powerful, then you are powerful, and you can use your work to uh, evoke emotions from people, uh, to make people uh, think differently. Um, about the world at large. And I, that, is, that should be something that is exciting to you as an artist, that your work is more than just um, something superficial.
1: It totally gets back to that authenticity that, you know, all these things we, we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, our last few episodes have been about intention. They've been about authenticity. And this, yeah. is, this is really kind of bringing it all together. This, yeah. is, this is what makes you as an artist powerful.
1: Yeah, maybe we should have called it powerful instead of beautiful. But, <laughs> but I think beautiful is a powerful word, and that oftentimes that is what people mean when they say it. And so that might be a way to approach it. What What do you find powerful in this work? If you wanted to ask somebody about it, I know those kind of conversations don't happen that often, and we don't often get the opportunity to really pick people's brains. But if you do, um, I think it's a good, uh, can really give you some some insight.
0: Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode?
1: <laughs> uh, this is a really big topic. You know, I mean, I, that's why I almost hesitated to use it because it's sort of a floaty topic. You know, I, I hope we've shed some light on it. Um, you know, I, I kind of looked up some, well, what do philosophers have to say about beauty? It seems like every single philosopher that you could name has a theory about beauty, Um, you know, things like, is beauty universal? Like, how do we know it's beautiful? Um, How do we predispose ourselves to embrace it? Um, All the philosophers have engaged with these questions. And so, uh, this is just dipping our toe in, but... I think I was I was thinking about the topic because I often see that comment, whether it's on my own work or other people's work, when I'm doing Facebook or Instagram, and, and I love I love the comment, you know, but I always kinda want to know well what, what's behind it? You know, what, what more is there? I use it myself. I say something's beautiful as I'm going by and not really taking the time to, to define it. But it's it's a deep word, you know, and maybe we can look at it a little bit more closely.
0: Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise.
1: Thanks, everybody.